Hello there, you're listening to the Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill, and that is Dylan Johnson's cue, but he is not with us at the moment. He is out of town, but I will still be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and the box office predictions for this upcoming weekend. And then later in the show, I'll be joined by fellow screenwriter and filmmaker Jocelyn Martinez to talk about her experience volunteering at this year's Sundance Film Festival. And then we'll also learn from her what her favorites were and which flicks from Sundance we should be on the lookout for over the next few months. Very exciting. And as for the news, the, the, the Fantastic Four cast has been revealed as a lovely Valentine's Day present to everyone. Pedro Pascal, Vanessa Kirby, Ivan Mas Bakrak. I have not heard that name said yet, so I don't know if I butchered that, but quite a name. And then Joseph Quinn rounds out the cast. Pedro Pascal playing Mr. Fantastic, Vanessa Kirby, Sue Storm, Ivan Mas Bakrak as The Thing, and then Joseph Quinn as Johnny Storm. So... It's going to be fascinating to see how Pedro Pascal fits this into his schedule. That is a very busy man. And we heard the rumors of quite some time of him being the one that was going to be selected. And I didn't know how I would feel about it. I'm very skeptical, but optimistic about it. I think he's great. He's a phenomenal actor, of course. I would never have identified him for the role of Reed Richards, but... I'm very curious to see what he's going to do with that role. And overall, the whole team. Again, not not who I would have selected, but these people that have been doing the casting know for a fact that this is going to be one of the most important things they can do. I mean, this is essentially trying to cast the new Iron Man. This is a lot of pressure. And so I'm sure these are fine choices, whatever they did in the auditions and the numerous casting calls and screen tests. Blew away all of Marvel for them to put their trust into these four individuals to pretty much resurrect the MCU. So I'm looking forward to it. Very fascinated to see how it all plays out. For the box office breakdown for February 9th to the 11th, Super Bowl weekend. Unfortunately, the Chiefs did come out on top. Uh, we did watch Adil and I together at a Super Bowl, a little shindig, and... Uh, at least the final two quarters were interesting, including that overtime quarter. Uh, the rest of it was not very entertaining, kind of a sloppy game overall. And everyone was watching that game instead of going to the movie theaters. Argyle, in its second weekend, retained the top spot with a measly $6.2 million, beating out the next contender, Lisa Frankenstein, in its debut with $3.6 million. That is abysmal stuff. Beekeeper, Wonka, Migration, all hanging around $3 million. Chosen season four, episode one, three, 2.7 million. Anyone but you with 2.6 million. Mean Girls, just shy of 70 million domestic, getting there from the 2 million it picked up that weekend. And then American Fiction, Poor Things, Aquaman, all hanging around 1.3 to 1 million. Uh, and Aquaman, final time on the list. Let's see what it ended up with 430 million worldwide and 122 million domestic. So not the most abysmal performance that a five-year delayed sequel to a billion-dollar superhero film could make, but definitely not a huge, glorious send-off to the DCEU. 
But okay, let us now switch over to my conversation with Jocelyn about Sundance and all the films that she was able to catch there and things we should be adding to our watch list for 2024. All right, and now I am joined by Jocelyn so that we can talk about her experience with Sundance, and this is her first time on the show. So welcome, Jocelyn. Thanks so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. There's nothing I love more than talking about my opinions. So this is this will be really fun. <laughs> this is a great venue for that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so you had an awesome opportunity to go and volunteer at this past year's Sundance, which we were just talking about it as of the recording uh, is almost a month ago because the Sundance ran from the 18th of January to the 28th of January. And so you left like a little, a few days earlier and then got back a, a few days later. Yeah. So you're out there for the bulk of January, I guess. Definitely. So, for two weeks. I was there for two weeks. So. Two full weeks. So yeah, let us know how you stumbled upon that uh, like volunteer experience, but then also like what were you doing out there exactly? Like what were the specific things that they had you working on? So I found out that you could volunteer at Sundance through uh, my internship. I had a remote internship. Um, I was a production intern for this company for about a year. And uh, they volunteer every single year. Um, and I never knew that it was so accessible to be able to attend Sundance. So I looked into it. I looked it up. I filled out my application because, you know, application season was on. So <laughs> Turn that in. It was a pretty simple process. Um, the funny thing is that about volunteering for Sundance is that it seems like this very big thing that's unattainable and impossible. But if you look into it, they make it as possible as possible for everyone, <laughs> which is really cool. Um, it, it was just one application form. And luckily enough, every the people at my internship had lodging. So, um, okay. Was, Cause that was what I was going to ask of like, now did they like pay for the travel and the lodging whatnot? Cause that I'm sure is probably the biggest hurdle for people to do that. Definitely. In this case, uh, it was not paid for. So I had to, I did have to save up some money and pay for it, um, out of pocket, uh, specifically the flight and, uh, the lodging. Now, of course, that is optional. Like you don't have to lodge outside of Sundance. If you're comfortable renting out an Airbnb or a hotel for a week or two, you can totally do that. But um, something that they mentioned in the application is that they provide lodging. So uh, if you are not available to pay for your own lodging, um, they have limited lodging available for certain volunteers. So you are always able to um, sign up for that option. Okay. Again, it sounds like it's very limited, but I did have a friend that I made at the festival who told me that she applied like five days before the applications were closing and she had nowhere to stay and she'd never had a festival experience and they still accepted her and they gave her a place to stay. So they try their best to accommodate to their volunteers, which is great. Yeah, um, awesome. Mm -hmm. I did uh, finish up my application. I turned it in. It took a bit uh, to hear back from them um, because 
as they mentioned to me personally, uh, they had hit record, like a record amount of applications this past year because so many people are finding out about this opportunity. Right. Did you, was there a final number of like how many volunteers they had at the festival? Like total? Uh, no, or I could actually... not know. That would have been cool to know like the, the info for that. I um, wish I had it handy. I mean, I could look really quickly to see because I'm in a group where they mention all of that. Um, I will tell you right now. The, well, just, I can mention this again later when I'm not looking into this, but they have like a little newsletter for the volunteers. Um, so then every single day they would send in a newsletter telling you about like things that were going on and uh, like, oh, uh here are some screenings that you could go to if you're a volunteer or today we're giving you free donuts check in at uh like your volunteer lounge or whatever it is um no it is, i don't think they told us but i'm sure psh, from the top of my head i bet it was like thousands of people um thank I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, it's one of the like biggest festivals out there. So, and I've never been to like one of those huge, huge festivals like that. I mean, either. So yeah, I can't imagine how much it takes to keep that going and running smoothly. So. Yeah. And I'd say it's like maybe 90% of the festival is ran by volunteers and there's like a 10% of staff who are actually getting paid. Mm -hmm. uh, but now those are like just higher up people who like do bigger tasks that do require like I don't know like a degree or you know things like that mm -hmm. uh, so I turned in my application and it did take a bit for them to get back to me but thankfully um the people I worked with at the internship they'd been volunteering for like 10 years so they were able to get in touch with some people at Sundance and ask about my application and they got back to me literally a week before the festival started so i had my flight booked i had my lodging booked and i was like if they don't accept me i'm just gonna show up oh my gosh wow <laughs> i'm just gonna show up and be like i'll mop the floor like i'm literally <laughs> here um, so uh they did get back to me they placed me as in theater operations so i was working at the ray theater um it was an incredible experience it's this theater right next to this grocery market. Um, and I'll explain briefly how the theater operations work. Mm -hmm. um, essentially, there's like, I think about 15 or less uh, movie theaters throughout Park City, Utah. Um, that's where the festival takes place. And so if you're put in theater operations, you can get placed in any of those. Um, now, I was part-time volunteer, which means um, part-time volunteer science. I was part-time volunteer sign-up, which means that I could sign up to whichever shifts I wanted. And uh, so I signed up for my shifts. I worked at the Ray Theater. And essentially, it's just like ushering or uh, standing by a bathroom and pointing people at it <laughs> who are lost <laughs> or mm -hmm. scanning, scanning ticket holders, um, organizing the lines. A lot of the time I was really just sitting in the volunteer lounge and like meeting new people um, who were also volunteers. So gotcha. that's kind of like how that worked. And so it was just the the Ray Theater, you said, like that was the only one that they put you up in or did yeah. you have to get like moved around to the other ones? No, I just worked at the Ray. So um, cool. which was nice because that means I got to work with the same people and uh, I got every theater 
operates differently. Like they all have the same process, um, but they all have a different culture. Um, mm. And the Ray Theater was actually really nice because um, they're very chill and uh, they get things done. Of course, I think every theater got their things done, but this one specifically, everyone was just so cool and nice. And I remember on one of my shifts, it was like my manager's birthday. And so uh, all I did the whole day was look for cupcakes for him. <laughs> and uh, and was then there I like looking for cupcakes, though, is there like a shortage in Park City, Utah or whatever it was? No, it's just it's so difficult to get through snow. So it oh, was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was snowing out there. Oh, it was snowing all the time. It was oh, just man. It's so difficult to walk in. I that's the one thing <laughs> I underestimated. Um, and it's very wet. I think I don't know why I I've been around snow before, but again, I grew up in Miami, Florida, where of course it doesn't snow. Right. Yeah. So like I forgot about the science behind snow, and I was just my <laughs> hair was always wet <laughs> anytime I stepped outside. Um, so looking for cupcakes was not an easy task. Um, lots of walking and uh service going out on my google maps and so it, it did take it did take a while but once we got it he was really happy about it so, okay nice yeah. <laughs> worth the struggle worth the to struggle. get that nice yeah. um okay that's super cool and then uh with like operationally did each different theater they were all showing like different types of programs like is that what you say too when you mean like different cultures and whatnot like was the Ray Theater showing specific types of films? Um, like I know for some festivals, there's things. Actually, I mean, doesn't Sundance, they have like the midnight film festivals. Yeah. Was that one of the theaters that would do midnight screenings? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, all so there weren't like specific theaters for specific genres or anything. They weren't separating them like that. Um, what I mean by culture is like the volunteers themselves. So for example, mm. in Ray, you find a lot of volunteers who have been working there for over 10 years. So the minute that you're in that room, it's like they immediately treat you like family. And I'm not sure if that was the same culture for all of the theaters. Um, I met some other volunteers from other theaters and, you know, it didn't exactly work like that. But the Ray was definitely very um, familial and welcoming. So um I really loved working there. The The way that the theaters operated themselves, it, it's kind of like your local movie theater, how they have different um, show times. The only thing is that the Ray Theater has just one movie theater. Like it only has one screening room. So, oh, wow. <laughs> so they're showing maybe five uh, screenings in one day. Um, yeah, like around that number. Mm -hmm. uh, while, for example, they rented out the rest, like they being Sundance, uh, Sundance rented out the Redstone Cinema, which is a local movie theater to Park City. And they do have different screening rooms because it's just a regular movie theater. So they're able to get away with having different screenings at the same time. Um, gotcha. But yeah, I'm not sure what the uh, science is with choosing what screenings go in which theater, but um, but they're all mixed in together. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Mm -hmm. So... The next big question of your mm -hmm. Sundance experience. I mean, we know it's, again, like one of the biggest film festivals out there. Plenty of people are going to it. Plenty of films are getting screened there, having their premieres there. So in the mix of doing your volunteer work, 
were you able to go to any of these like premieres or I know they have also like press conferences or panels or interviews, things like that. Were you able to go to any of these? Um, and did you get to catch sightings of any celebs or auteur filmmakers or anything like that? Anyone that you know that you're like, oh, my God, can't believe I'm seeing this person. Oh, totally. I just, I was very lucky and um, I did, my volunteering experience was pretty great, uh, but I didn't volunteer as much as other people did. I maybe volunteered for like between both weeks, I'd say 30 hours, 25 hours, uh, which is not much compared to the people who were volunteering for like 70 hours. You know what I mean? So, uh, So I did get to catch a lot of movies. I saw a total of 18 films uh, throughout Mm -hmm. the Nice. year. And I could sit and list every single one and go through my opinions on all of them. <laughs> but um, uh, for now, I'll just uh, find the list. And because I have a list here. So I'm going to pick it up. Um, Yeah, pull it up. Let's do, I mean, we can maybe do your your top 10 in a second of just like getting ooh, your, yeah. your top Premiere. recommendations. Yeah, for you personally. Um, but then, yeah, for any of those other like film related events, like the press conferences or panels, anything like that, were you able to catch any of those? yeah i mean i was able to see uh i was able to go to i think two panels so i got to see um the director of thelma um in the adobe panel and he basically talked about the filmmaking process and uh it of course was in partnership with adobe so there was a lot of you know adobe premiere after effects talk <laughs> right in the for sure some promotion we in there yeah we've yeah been seeing um yeah like a lot of those clips i mean you know beckler who will look at a lot of those types of videos as well and it is funny that they have the like sponsored panels where it's like adobe premiere basically or they're trying to show off premiere audition or these new features so then they have a filmmaker like talking through how they shot their film or edited their film through one of those services um So it's always funny how they do a, a partnership there. And Adobe is like, even though it's so massive on a company and has so much reach, they're like, yeah, we got to still have these constant like showcases of Seriously. our products, even though, again, like we, we know like Premiere, whatever edition they're on, whatever new year it is, like we know, we know how it works, we know what's going on. But yeah, I guess they are busting out a whole bunch of new like AI tools. Was that one of the Yeah. things discussed in that panel? Yes, actually, Yeah. it totally is. It's so funny you said that. Like their marketing is insane. Um, Because like one second he's talking about the filmmaking process and you're like so engrossed by it because he's like, yeah, we shot it in 10 days and I edited this on my laptop or whatever. <laughs> mm And it's hmm like, yeah, Sundance. And then two seconds later, the the uh, the what do you call that? The moderator says like the moderator is like, oh, so did you enjoy this new AI tool that we <laughs> <laughs> and they look at their clock their watch and they're like okay five minutes has passed we need to do a new plug for the ai tool uh <laughs> exactly um one of the ones that they talked about was this auto captioning by the way this is not sponsored by adobe but i'm just gonna mention it uh this auto like auto caption uh like subtitle function that they have where you just turn it you turn on the function and then it subtitles your entire film and he did mention um i should mention his name uh A jo Josh uh, Margolin, I think is his name. Josh Margolin. the director of Yeah. Thelma Josh. that you're talking about? Okay.
Yeah, so he mentioned that he he loved the use of it and it worked really well. But there were maybe like two minor errors, but it worked. And you know, um, I I can't vouch for him, but that <laughs> apparently what happened in the Adobe panel. Um, but that one was really good. I took a lot of notes. Um, I could I could briefly here we go. Uh, I could briefly say um, a few things that I learned that I was like that's really cool. Um, well, first of all, I think I, one of the biggest things that shocked me was how many um, like directorial premieres or like director, directorial debuts there were. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these were first time feature filmmakers. And that just blew my mind because a lot of the films that I watched were films that I'd expect someone with 10 plus years of experience to have made. But a lot of these people are just like have to be born with it or like (laughs) i don't know what it is but these films were incredible and there were at least like five films that i watched where they were like yeah i've made like two short films before and i'm like what (laughs) i don't know how that happens Mm. um but yeah he talked about financing and like the writing process and of course he talked about editing um it was funny because he said he edited the entire thing on a trackpad he didn't use a mouse so that is insanity i I don't even know how he could do that like even just because right now the mouse for my uh my one laptop isn't working um i say it's not working you know the little thing the remote uh mouse and then you have the one usb thing that you plug into laptop i lost that sadly um and so it would work if i had that still but so i've had to use the trackpad lately and i'm just like this is just the worst like when you have to like scroll up to get to something and you're like yeah. Dude, I could have gotten here like three seconds sooner. I just <laughs> had the mouse and just whipped it right up there. So I'm like, it's terrible. Now that is- doing that, like editing something with the uh, trackpad, that's crazy. I mean, you can get away, honestly, with like a lot of shortcuts on your actual keyboard. Um, but even then, when you do need the mouse to like maneuver things, doing it with the trackpad, oh, that does not sound fun. That's why I'm saying I think he he has to be born a different, be- like a different <laughs> or something, you know? Yeah. Um, I did get to watch a few premieres. Um, I saw the Hitman premiere with um with Glenn Powell and Richard Linklater. That um, is awesome. It I I mean it was supposed to come out last year and then it got it delayed. It wasn't the it wasn't really the premiere, it was a Sundance premiere, but they've been running it through festivals. Yeah, because it's been in the festival circuit. But yeah, it, it was I think it was meant to hit like actual theaters or Netflix. Netflix. Is that one that's going straight to Netflix? I don't know, but um it was supposed to come out last year and then they delayed it. And I'm like, how dare they? So that is definitely one that's been on the radar that I'm yeah. looking forward to whenever it comes out. It comes out June, uh, sometime in June on Netflix. It's going straight to Netflix. Gotcha. Okay. And you know what? It feels like a Netflix movie. So I don't oh. I don't see it going to theaters. But again, they've been running it for so long through festivals that it would surprise me if they didn't want to go to theaters. Um I got to see the premiere of Suncoast, which came out in Hulu uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, I did see. I saw that when I was sifting through Hulu a while ago. I'm like, okay, this new thing that came out. And then when I was looking at some Sundance films, I saw that among the list. So I'm like, oh, they pushed that right into theaters. They did that with the um, Greatest Night of Pop, the one that was like the whole, like all the singers in the 80s when they got together and uh saying the the one song that i'm blanking on the name of the documentary yeah the documentary of when they got them all together do you know what the 
remember what the song's name was Uh, some about the world we are the world we are the children <laughs> is that was isn't that the you name know of what? it It probably is. yeah but they also like that was a sundance thing that they premiered there but then like hit netflix literally two days A lot. later like the festival was still going on when it dropped on netflix so Yeah. they do that a lot which i guess is good to get like a burst of buzz and then it's like oh and then now everyone can see it on hulu or netflix or whatever it is I will say um, half of the films I saw or like I say most of them were still pretty independent. Like, for example, Thelma, I think that one is a strongly independent one. But a lot of them already did have partnerships with like A24 or Hulu or Netflix. Um, so I think it's a pretty smart tactic to partner up with a like a studio or a streaming service if you can. Um, if you have the choice before going into festivals. But um, I know some people... I wouldn't say they were complaining, but I think they noted how uh, the culture is kind of shifting from like being fully independent to kind of having, you know, leverage when you're you have such a huge provider like Netflix who is vouching for you. You know what I mean? Right, for sure. The thing with Sundance too, which I've been notified and warned by by like all the professors, um, which I don't know if in like Barry's class if we ever talked about Sundance stuff for that, but for because yeah, it doesn't really apply with screenwriting. Although they do have a screenwriting lab, which probably is the one thing that pops up. But with Sundance, a lot of the filmmakers there are people that have either like had a Sundance film before, like they played before. or they came up through the Sundance labs in one way or another. So it's, it's not really like anyone who's submitting a film out of nowhere is likely to get in a lot of their, uh, the crop that they pick for their program are either like the established films already, like again, Linklater, Glenn Powell, like this huge film that's already on Netflix, Hitman premiering there. Um, Like that's its own separate beast, but a lot of the like indie films that don't have distribution yet that are playing at Sundance, usually it's because they already have some connection within Sundance, which is fine. I'm just saying that's like, that's another notable aspect to it because it's like the crown of like indie film festivals. But in reality, like if you're not already some way tied to either a production company or a distributor or Sundance itself, then It's not the most likely, you know, place that you're going to get a big debut, but it does happen. There are some of those success stories, which it sounds like you were mentioning a lot of people there that had debuts, at least for features, and that they've only had a few shorts under their belt. So there are some that, you know, squeak through, but I think it's like literally 1% or less than 1% of the submissions. But Yeah. again, even then, I think a lot of the like people they choose are already people that are coming through the Sundance labs that they have connections with. So Yes. yeah, the culture may be shifting, but at least the way I've been, it's been described to me, it's always sort of been that thing of, yeah, you already have to have a foot in the door um, with Sundance to, to get featured there. Most definitely. Um I think someone mentioned to me that it's uh If you look at the numbers, it's more likely of that you'll win the lottery than you'll get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if and you're get hopeful, struck by lightning and all that. yeah, all all of that. I know that's that's a very true statement. I like remember. I also remember hearing of a lot of these people who um, get their features in 
are alumni, have been alumni of these labs or have gotten a short in. Mm -hmm. And that's actually like a part of the Sundance Festival culture is that there's like a way the way that to get in is to get your short in and then or like join a lab or become a part of the Adobe Ignite partnership situation. Um, For example, the filmmaker for Didi, um, which is incredible, by the way, I loved it. Uh, He was an alumni of, I believe it was the screenwriting lab. And then he got into another lab and then just, and he was drafting Didi with that one. So Mm. um, they already had exposure to the screenplay. And I think once you get, you know, the Sundance people committed to your project, of course, they're going to want to be able to push it out if they love it. That's the one thing, though, that I can definitely agree on is that um, they do support their alumni so much. So if you are able to get into that group, into that bubble, like do it because uh, they will be your number one supporters. That's something that I've heard from like everyone um, at Sundance, like just how genuinely supportive they are. And it's not like a nepotism thing. It's, I mean, unless you're Malia Obama, cause you're literally Obama's <laughs> kid, but like you, you will get in if they genuinely love your project and they will do everything to help you become successful. So for sure. Did she have a thing in this year's Sundance? What was it? She had a short film. I think I was, I, I was in the theater when she was there, which is funny because someone I was working with was like, Oh my God, Malia Obama just like passed by me. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, She had a short film uh, premiere at the Ray theater, I believe. Um, And she went under a different name. She went under mm. Maria Ann, I believe, um, which is an interesting choice. But I think, you know, she's Obama's. And I'm sure it was great. I haven't seen it. Um, but I thought it was really interesting that one of the Obama kids is getting into filmmaking. So um, for sure. I mean, yeah, the Obamas themselves, like they do a bunch of producing work on different documentaries and stuff. Yeah. Um, and some like feature films, too. There's one. Uh, oh, Leave the World Behind. That came on Netflix a few months ago. It produced that it? was from their yeah production company. So they're getting in the mix. I'm telling you, Barack is trying to get an EGOT. <laughs> like, can you imagine that? He's already got Grammys from uh, his like spoken word stuff, like narrating his own audio. His yeah, essentially doing an audiobook for his own books that he wrote. Yeah, um, and then if he produces enough, he's just got to produce an Oscar-winning film. <laughs> Emmy winning show and then I don't know what he's gonna do for that Tony, but hey I, we're gonna Obama's watch, the musical. Yeah, we're gonna watch a one man show and it's Brock playing him <laughs> and all of the family. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. That's hilarious. Uh look <laughs> let me be clear. <laughs> uh let me be clear. Yeah. Too good. Um some other premieres I saw uh uh let me be sorry i can't <laughs> <laughs> so now we're on the obama train i think right. it'd be so funny though like just imagine just oh like you know the the way they're seeing uh like if billy eilish is there or i guess taylor swift at any like nfl sporting event and it's just like someone that doesn't belong there but it's like so huge yeah um, <laughs> that it's just like impossible not to be thinking about them the whole time they're in that room like if Obama was just at an Oscar ceremony, like what would that look like? Like what would be the 
I think there would be a still in the air. I think it would be a very for real, like whoever would be the jokester, <laughs> I guess the host of the the thing, Jimmy yeah, Kimmel probably. probably. Um, like what kind of jokes would he crack for them? I don't know. It'd be funny. <laughs> now But then I imagine think. if you if Obama's there and he doesn't win, like that would be insane. <laughs> like bring him out and do all this. I mean, they gotta have secret security there and everything. Like imagine all that, and then it's like he loses. And then the camera's on him while Oh he's yeah, while wait. he loses, and he's like, and then he goes up and slaps the person. <laughs> uh, keep my wife's name out your mouth. That'd be so funny. Dude, that's actually hilarious. Um, this is such a side note. Did you watch <laughs> the um the SAG Awards yesterday? I did not. I've been seeing some stuff about it, uh, Did you see but I haven't Pedro? been able to check any of the clips. Did you see Pedro's uh reaction when he won? I did not. I saw that he won, and I was like, oh, good for him. Was he there? I thought he was uh, filming for the thing. Um, So did oh well, let's not get into <laughs> have you know yeah, what happens and the schedule is will be freed up, yeah, pretty soon, I think. But then we'll be going to Fantastic Four. But I think that's what's funny. It's like, if you don't know, you could like put the pieces together of like, this guy's got a really busy schedule. How's he going to make yeah. that work? Well, Are you making that it'll be a little when you easier have a than whole you think. season? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, apparently he got well. Not apparently he admitted it on live television. He got blackout drunk because he didn't think he would win. And then announced his name, and you could see his face drop. To be fair, wait, I'm going to look <laughs> it up. I'm going to do live reaction here. But yeah. I thought, I was surprised that he won too, because I thought one of the succession people certainly was going to win. Cool. They've been sweeping this whole award season. I know, which, again, love succession, great show. You've seen it? I've seen it. Yes, Love it. it's fantastic. What did Barry think about the ending? Did, he, did you guys talk about that in the, like, last year? Does he watch Succession? He does, because I remember he talked a lot about it when I was in his class. And season three had just come out and he was he was a little lukewarm on that because he's like, oh, it's kind of doing the same thing. And season four, of course, does He not has do the same it. thing. That thing switches it up. So I wondered what his uh, his thoughts on the finale were. He had to have mentioned it because I remember I started watching the entire I watched the show after it finished, like maybe a few weeks after it was done. Um, and that was like my thing of the week. You know how he does the what did you watch this week? Mm hmm. So every week it was like I watched the new season of, or I watched another season of Succession. And then he'd be like, oh, OK, OK. Um, but I don't think he had to have mentioned what he thought, but it might have just gone through my head. Um, Gotcha. I'm sure he. I'm sure I'm sure he wasn't a fan. Wasn't a fan. Interesting. Because he liked it very much early on in the early seasons. Yeah. Um, so I'd be curious to see what his I'll ask. uh his thoughts on season four. Yeah. I'll ask him But what anyway, he said. succession, great show. It's amazing. However, Bob Odenkirk should have won for Better Call Saul for this last season. But it sucks because I love I mean Roman is my favorite character on Succession, so I love that Kieran Culkin got his thing. Um, Yeah. but yeah, it is a shame that it swept so consistently that Better Call Saul got nothing. Like, come on, that's a little crazy. You Also, know, I I did watch the uh, the clip of Pedro Pascal. It is hilarious. <laughs> he covers his mouth and is like, oh, oh my god, dude, he's so he's like on the verge of being overexposed right now, but he's just too likable. Like, he's amazing. You can't So hate that guy, you dude. can't. You So can't. yeah. In one of the other episodes uh, that I filmed, but hasn't come out. <laughs> oh my god! On your, you're showing the, the back of your phone that has a sticker of Petro Pascal. And he's making One of the. like
a crazy ass face I right don't know now. yeah some sort of derpy face in there but Yeah. Derpy. yeah he's he's fantastic but I was like oh yeah Fantastic Four you know he's Reed Richards in that um and I was like yeah I don't know what I think because I wouldn't have pictured him initially as as Reed Richards but he is a phenomenal actor and he's just he's so likable but that's the thing Reed Richards isn't really supposed to be the most likable guy but he can play it play around with it He, what, what, what is, I've never seen Fantastic Four, so Really? what is he? None of the films? None of the thing? Wow. No, But he's I never supposed to be just like, he's a very know-it-all dick. Like he, he's someone, he's one of those people that's like, wow, they're so arrogant and they act like they know everything, but then they also actually know everything. So then you're like pissed because you're like, wow, you're Oh, a dick that's going and to you're be, smart. So, that's going to be an interesting challenge yeah. for him. So it'll be interesting to see how he's able to have that like rougher edge Yeah. to him because he's just so likable. Like... He is. He's No, amazing. but I'm sure he can I'm sure he can play a dick. I'm sure. There was um Well, I mean he's he is so likable too in Kingsman, Golden Circle. I never But watched he that. Okay, well So there's a point can't speak where he to kind that. of there's a point where he kind of does become a dick, but like he's still so likable. Um yeah, it's gonna be a challenge. I saw oh I'm sorry I'm going so off topic, but I did see Drive Away Dolls last night with Pedro. Mm -hmm. Oh, Yeah. interesting. Uh, what did you think? I heard it's not getting the best reviews, honestly. So, honestly it was not my cup of tea i mean i i see what they were going for it was campy and i am the first person to go to if you want to talk about how fun campy movies are mm-hmm. <laughs> but this one was just a little like like campy for the sake of being campy and some of the jokes were landing but a lot of them weren't and i don't know i i really i don't think i processed it entirely to give you a solid review of it Um, I might have given it like a two and a half on letterbox. Dang. Yeah, man. Wow. It just, the pacing was weird too. I think that was a huge issue for me. But Gotcha. the characters were were just outlandish. <laughs> and Mm -hmm. some of them were funny and the concept was great, but I just I don't think it delivered entirely. But you know what? Pedro was actually hilarious in it. Um, and he was in it for like just a few minutes, but he killed it. And I'm sure he's going to sweep the award season for <laughs> Drive Away right Doll. Yeah. yeah he's in i mean yeah, he pops up in a lot of bad movies but he's usually like the best part of those Yeah. bad movies like wonder woman 84 for instance i remember him having like he was playing the villain in that but he was like that sleazy charming type in it um Yeah. and then there's a film at another film at sundance i don't remember the name of it but pedro pascal's in it i heard that was also poorly received but he was good in it did you see it uh The film yeah with Petro Pascal. I, I mean, yeah, you had to. yeah I guess you're a big fan. Freaky. Um, what was it called? it's called freaky tales Freaky Tales. and Okay, and I don't you're positive on it. You liked it. i loved it I, it's in Okay. my top five for sure it's like Top okay five. Oh man. yeah it's great i mean i loved it it's it's i didn't get to watch the premiere of it unfortunately so i was not in the room with pedro pascal as a lot of people expected Was me he to there? He was actually he was at the Sundance. Yes, he was Oh there. my gosh, and you No, And I you missed weren't able to it. be there. Oh. No, it was like actually the worst ever. That's you know what? That's one of the things that if you're ever going to go to Sundance, you just have to accept the fact that you can't do everything and uh, and you can't do everything you want, especially. So you kind of have to get used to getting disappointed and then finding what's the next big thing for you. Um, Gotcha. so so I missed the premiere, but I was able to watch it. 
the day after I met the directors for it. Oh, um, that's cool. Yeah. I had just gotten out. I'll tell you the story. I had just gotten out of the premiere for Hitman, um, which was good. It was pretty mid, but it was good. Yeah. Uh, and I was waiting outside. It was freezing cold. I was waiting for my Uber, and I'm just like alone shivering and there's a group of people next to me and they're chatting and uh i hear a guy's voice and he's like oh like i was sitting and there were these two girls behind me and they were like i saw freaky tales and it was like not for me but i think you'll like it and blah blah and i was like dude i'm literally right here and i was like huh that's an interesting uh point of view that he's speaking from so i look over and it's it's uh ryan fleck and i'm like and i recognize his face um because i i think i'd googled him a few days before (laughs) (laughs) so he has a very like distinguishable face um and i was like oh my god it's ryan fleck so um i go up to them because i was like all right i'm just gonna this is my shot and i'm like oh my God, are you Ryan Fleck? And he's like, yeah. Um, And I was like, wow, congratulations on Freaky Tales. Like I, I've heard it's really good and blah, blah, blah. Or I didn't say I've heard it's really good. I said, um, people are like loving it and this and that. And he's like, oh, thank you so much. Like, have you seen it? And this is where I'm going to be so vulnerable uh, with you, Ryan. Uh You know that sometimes, sometimes uh, when I'm meeting someone very important or famous or whatever, I usually freak out, and if I'm asked a question, I will lie. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Ryan Fleck looks at me in the eye, and he goes, have you seen it? And what did I say, Ryan? You said, said yes. yes. Yeah. I said, I said yes. And he goes, well, what did you think about it? It was incredible. It was so great. <laughs> I loved it. Because, dude, five seconds before, he was talking about, like, how some girls didn't like it. And he was, like, offended by it and blah, blah. So what? I was going to tell him no. That would have been hilarious, though. What a move to be like, oh, I did see it. Oh, and it did suck. (laughs) Right to his face. It wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. (laughs) Dude, no. So um, he goes, he then turns to a woman next to him and goes, and uh, and here's Anna or whatever her name is. Oh, and here's Anna. Oh, no idea who she is no idea who she is i'm like oh my god congratulations to you too it's so nice to meet you dude no idea which and i'm freaking out because i'm like they are settling like they're gonna start a conversation with me like they're gonna start asking me questions so mm-hmm. i just you know what i do i look at my phone and i'm like oh i think my uber is about to get here but it was so nice meeting you and i walk away and then my Uber was not about to get there. So, <laughs> so I had to stand in a corner hiding for like five minutes until I saw them leave. And then I just walked back to their spot because that's where my Uber but was. But what if your Uber showed up while you were like hiding away? And then they're like, yeah, uh, Jocelyn, Jocelyn, did you give them their your name? Yes. Oh, my God. So then they would have been like, oh, yeah, she was here a second. She said her Uber just arrived, though. I don't know why she yeah. left. I would have canceled the Uber. <laughs> <laughs> I would have oh paid me. <laughs> yeah. No, it was awful. Um, but then I did feel guilty about that all day. <laughs> and I watched I watched Freaky Tales the next day. And it's so funny because I was I was sitting maybe like in the it was at the Ray. So it was funny because it's the theater I work at. Mm-hmm. And um I was like, Do you hear my dog? Uh not really. 
I think oh, okay, okay. translation, yeah, is good. Oh, great. Um, so it's funny because I was at the theater and I was sitting like near the front, but I was like in the middle. And they always do a Q&A. Like if the directors are there, they're going to do a Q&A and they're going to present it in the beginning. So the whole time I was just like sliding down my seat, hoping that he wouldn't look at me. Because <laughs> <laughs> if he saw me, then he would know I lied. Or he'd be like, she likes it She so really much. likes it. Yeah, she's a big <laughs> fan. But <laughs> she bought another ticket. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. That yeah. is so funny. Mm -hmm. Wow, uh, I can't believe... Right, yeah, the dog is acting up, picking up here now. But I can't believe that I'd be too scared to be like, what if they start quizzing me on it? Because that's the thing. Yeah, we're like, okay, so what do you think about this particular scene? Yeah. Do you think this other thing would have been better or this thing? And then you're just like, because then you're just so in too deep with it. Yeah. And it's like, do you stack the lies on or not? And then you're in deep. And it's like my worst nightmare. So... Yeah. But I, I, I couldn't tell you. Thankfully, um, you navigated it. They didn't uh, have too many follow-up questions. Yeah. Now, the <laughs> problem is if this episode blows up. <laughs> well, I that'll be, no, that'll make for a great story. Could you imagine a couple years from now when you're at Sundance with your film and then they show up with their next film and then they're like, oh my gosh, it was great meeting you, blah, blah, blah. And then someone because of course the podcast by that point will blow up so huge and everyone will be a fan of it so then someone will recognize you and be like oh she was on this podcast oh and they talked about this episode and then they go up and expose you yeah on stage during a q a and then you're just like <laughs> and then i'm just gonna like, oh. like shit my pants i think is what's gonna happen <laughs> they sometimes do like directors on directors so if that ever does happen um i think it'll be a great story to tell it would be like <laughs> Look, I did love it and I did see it. It was just the timeline didn't work out. I saw it after we had that conversation about how much I loved it before I knew and whether I would love it. I'm glad I loved it, actually. Because <laughs> yeah. it would be awkward if I That would like, also be a hilarious twist, though. At the end of the day, like you finished telling the story of like, and so, yeah, I never actually saw it when we talked about it. But then I did see it the next day. And they're like, oh, so what do you really think of it? And like, I hated it. Yeah. Well, not your best work. Like, yeah, you needed to step up. <laughs> yeah. Mar. What was it? Mrs. Marvel was a lot better. What did, what did they do? They did uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah, I looked that up to see. Yeah, yeah. Anna Bowden and uh, Ryan Fleck. They did Captain Marvel. Yeah, I think and this was a their follow up. Uh, they're what? They're like a. I think they're a couple, and they're like they co-direct things together. Right. Um, but they work really well, and even in real life, you can see the chemistry is awesome. Like I could see. The balance just it's just so perfectly balanced between mm -hmm. them. their personalities and I imagine their work as well. Um, this one specifically, he was talking about like Freaky Tales. He was talking about what it was like this project that he'd been wanting to do for so long. Uh, but Anna kept on like pulling in the reins because it it just he didn't really have a plot for it. Uh, and he kept throwing out plots and she'd be like, that doesn't make any sense. But then finally, um, he came up with what is now freaky tales um which is like a four part like it's it has like four different sections like four different chapters and it follows different characters but all of all of their stories are interlaced with each other um and it's actually an incredible concept and then when she heard that one she was like okay we can work with this um the whole thing is like an homage is that a word homage yeah the whole thing is an homage to Oakland because he grew up in Oakland. Um, um, so it's like Oakland in the 80s. And I will say, I think 
the film bros are just going to love this because it's, it's a movie about movies made by someone who loves movies. So there's a lot of references in there um, to other movies and it's, it's really great. Um, Tom Hank is in it. And uh, it's very much the way I described it was Tom Hanks is in it. Yeah, dude. What the heck? What is going on? So Pedro Pascal's in there, Tom Hanks. I saw Jay Ellis, who I know from Insecure, an HBO show that was on a few years back. So that's Yeah. cool. Uh, it, the Tom, there's a Tom Hanks, Pedro Pascal. <laughs> I will not talk about it because it is, you have to go in blind. It's so funny. Um, Okay. I will say you you've sold me on it because before when I just saw like, OK, it didn't get like the best reviews. I was like, all right, that's one to skip. But I mean, now that you're supporting it, I think You I have definitely to got to watch check it out. And in the event that I run into Ryan Fleck and Anna Bowden, then I got to be ready. You know, I can't get caught lacking and being like, yeah, I've seen it. It's great. Um, Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. OK, were there any other encounters with filmmakers or anyone It's a shame you didn't get to see Pedro Pascal. That would have been awesome <laughs> yeah. It would if have been you a were perfect able to, world. to see that. But one Maybe day, it'll happen one day. I can feel it it. will. It, there's a buildup in my life Exactly, uh, that yeah. I'm crawling towards it. Um, I honestly, I'm glad I didn't meet him because I think this this year was just the year of embarrassing myself in front of famous Oh, no. <laughs> filmmakers. So it's just, like I'm. I think if I would have met Pedro, I think I would have been on his hit list probably. Um, I did. You know what? I'll tell you a funny story. Do you know who guy with a movie camera is? Um, He's it this. sounds familiar. I would need to like look it up for a second. I'll do that right now just to like put Okay. two and two together, Go ahead. but go on. He's this film. He's this like filmmaking TikToker. Um, I know he wants to be a director, but he essentially does the marketing for a lot of uh, really big films. So films will put him on set and have him uh, just like do TikToks with famous people. And they blow up and it works. And he's really good at his job. Um, Gotcha. but anyway, he was there. He was there at the festival. Um, and it's so funny because I've been watching his video for years. <laughs> and I'm not like a huge fan. Like I'm not like obsessed with him. But for whatever reason, I just got so nervous. I was at a coffee shop and I had no plans that day. So I was just like catching up on homework and writing my screenplay and doing the whole thing. Um, and I was inside the coffee shop and then I looked to my right and all of a sudden I see him and I see his girlfriend. Um, let me look it up. Is she also famous or something? Yes. No, yeah, Oh, she is. wow. Which is why I'm like, I should probably know her name. Um, Okay, yeah, I don't, I, he's a TikTok guy, I guess, which is why I don't actually know him. So yeah. it would have been lost on me if I saw him in a cafe or wherever. Right. No, I I did recognize him because he has this really big curly hair. I think his his girlfriend's name, I think, is Elias Chanel Scott. I'm pretty All right. sure it's her. I'm pretty sure it's her. But anyway, she she was in Sex Lives of College Girls, like that show that came out. Gotcha, yeah. On HBO Max. But yeah. So they were there together and it was great. Um I I I'm like, I'm not going to go up to them. I'm just going to let them live their life. Um, I'm going to go fill up my cup. And you know what? If they bump into me, okay, it's
right? Whatever. So I'm filling up my cup with water at this water jugs. You know how like the Gatorade jugs, you just like press a button. Yes. Mm -hmm. I was filling filling up my Sundance Stanley cup with with, uh, with water. And all of us, and I had no idea, but the coffee, like the coffee pickup station was right next to me. And they call out his name. They go Reese and they put his coffee right next to me as I'm filling up my cup. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> like now yeah. I get it. So he goes to get his coffee and I'm like, are you Reese? He goes, yeah, that's me. And I was like, oh, it's so, it's so good to meet you. I love your videos. I'm Jocelyn, blah, blah, blah. And then as I'm talking, I feel water gush all over my hands. No. Overspilling <laughs> my cup. And he, he panics and he goes to close it, but he opens it more. And now I have water falling all over my legs. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and his girlfriend comes running in and I, her name's alive. She she comes and she actually shuts it off. Um, And so now my legs Wait, are Wait, it took her coming all the way over from where she was in the- Yeah, she had to oh, run no. over because we were like <laughs> freaking out over the thing. And you know what's funny is I was so nervous. I didn't even think about cleaning up you know pull of oh. water under my feet i was so panicked i was just like so you guys are here for the festival <laughs> <laughs> and and then we just started talking about like movies that they were excited to watch and like um what plans they had that day as you're standing in this puddle still in a puddle <laughs> of water and i'm the oh, employees the employees are so busy because if not they would have been like just staring me up like what are you doing making a mess mm-hmm. uh and again, I got so nervous. I re- between fight or flight, I'm always gonna choose flight. So I was like, <laughs> guys, I was just leaving. It was so good to meet you when I left. Oh my gosh. Uh, you packed I, up like, all your your stuff, your laptop yeah, and everything. Oh man. I left and I didn't even think to clean up the puddle. I don't I think I was really in a horrible state of mind that day. <laughs> I I don't know. It maybe it was the altitude. I think the altitude messed with my brain a little. <laughs> True, That's yeah. What, we're yeah. just, we need flat level ground in Florida. Okay. Sure. Once you start getting us into some heights, throw snow at us. Yeah. We're all out of whack, you know? There's no oxygen in my brain. So I'm not going to think clearly. Exactly. Um, but that was hilarious. And it was very, that was my movie moment at Sundance. Um, Honestly, like these are, you're on like right? a comedy of errors here Seriously, in Sundance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I shook hands with the uh, Josh Margolin, the director of Thelma at the panel. Like I, I talked to him for a second to congratulate him. And no uh, uh, awkward mishaps there. You didn't go to like dap him up or fist bump him in any. <laughs> I didn't turkey him. No, thank God I didn't. <laughs> um, I, it was so short. I think I just said like, congratulations on your film. I didn't watch it either. So I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he left, but like, um, I did walk past that woman from the menu. There was like a lot of famous people that you see from afar, but like you don't want to trouble them just because they're like usually going somewhere and you don't want to be weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I, who was she? I was on the street. It was after the Josh Margolin panel, the Adobe panel. Um, and I was eating a sandwich in the corner, like on, literally on the sidewalk. And um, I just saw Judith Light like walk past me and she's like laughing with someone next to her and I was like I was like because again if anyone knows me they'll know that in 2023 the only movie I watched eight times like a total of eight times was the menu um of all wow. movies I just watched it so many times because I loved it and 
Judith White walked past me and I think that was the world thanking me. Um, you know? Gotcha. <laughs> uh, so that was that. Um, I did get to see the premiere of um, uh, what You can do it. You got it. There's so many, so many. Look the list. We can do, I mean, yeah, this might be a good time now to just go through everything that you saw like just name yes. drop what you saw and then maybe we'll do the the top 10 so you, you don't go. have to i don't know whatever is that like the bottom of the list we don't have to go into that yeah. um you can just highlight you know the top 10 the ones that really stuck out for you okay well i mean separately i don't know if it's in my top 10 but i did watch a different man and i did see sebastian stan and uh and that girl from worst person in the world um uh we're not i can't say her name but it's renate reigns um it also had adam pearson who's an incredible actor i thought this film i thought this film was okay i don't think a lot of people were raving about it either i think visually it was very beautiful but um it was a little bit everywhere and it was campy i mm -hmm. definitely it's campy um i think you should watch it ryan I would love to know your opinion on it. So a different man. Let me know what you think. It's um, definitely one that's on the list. It looks yeah. very fascinating. It is. Fa the concept is fascinating. Um, but towards the end, it's just like. I, I'll say this. You can decide if you want to keep it in or not. It's, it's not a spoiler, but it's like the most minor spoiler ever. Well, don't spoil um, it for me. I don't want to get a spoiler. But I like. But it's so. <laughs> Oh, okay i'm not i can't even say it i can't say it but it's just like something happens something crazy happens and the director like in the q a like no one asked him he just mentioned it he was like yeah so like i did this just because i wanted to there was no reason for it but just because i felt like it and it was like a really big thing that okay it didn't it affected the plot it was just like that i don't know how useful of information that is but that's okay. basically the entire film is that um Right. I mean, I'll be on the lookout for that. If I see yes. a decision and be like, huh, was that thought through or was that like an impulse decision? Right. Yeah. Seems like it was apparently him just like, mm, let's get goofy with it today. Literally, let's keep get it in the film. Yeah, let's get goofy. That was a whole film. Okay, I'll give you my top ten. All right. Uh, number one. Number one. Wait, 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 wait. Mm. Go in reverse order. We want to build up to your number top one. 10? Your big surprise. Yeah. So show okay. us. You're number 10 and then up through. Do you have them ranked yet or do you not? I don't Is have them ranked, like a... but I could do it. I could uh, do it right now, actually. On um, the fly ranking. On the fly ranking. You can, you can uh, you know, tidy it up on Letterboxd later. We'll we'll put in a plug at the end of it to send people there. Yeah, so they can visually look at it. Exactly. Um, Number 10 is Girls Will Be Girls. Okay. Uh, this I is... talk, what's that about? And just give like a short... You know, like a logline-esque thing for okay. each one yeah girls will be girls is a movie about it's based in india and it's about this girl who goes to um an all girls or a boarding school and she has a really difficult relationship with her mother who uh seems like didn't have the best childhood and she's trying to relive her life through her daughters um and then their relationship grows really strong by the end because of a series of events that happens in the middle that's really freaky but it's good 
it's a great it's a coming of age drama Okay, gotcha. So tentative number 10, girls will be girls. it'll be girls uh number nine coming hot with good one good one is a film about a girl who has always been known as the good child she uh has never failed her parents she's done everything right and she goes on this camping trip with her dad and his best friend um and there she learns about the value of not being good all the time that sometimes it's good to go against um what other people think because it teaches you things about yourself and about life very good that one was interesting because it was shot in i think 12 days and it had two locations and so it comes to show that if you have a really good story you can make it happen and they weren't sundance alumni or like well-known filmmakers so i think that one was just pure merit nice awesome um number eight pony boy Pony boy, yeah, okay. This is the one I've heard about for sure. That one's great. That one's about um an intersex uh sex worker in New Jersey um gets down on his luck in during Valentine's Day. And um there's just a lot of crime in this movie. <laughs> but he also like learns to accept himself and his identity and um to keep the right people in his life. So, right gotcha beautiful um what number are we on uh so that was number eight so you're on seven number seven uh brief history of a family okay brief history, brief history of a family is like is like parasites cousin um it's a bit of a psychological thriller um it's a chinese film it's a psychological thriller um the food looks incredible in it it's i haven't told you what it's about but the food just know the food <laughs> looks so good you're then i'm wanna, sold i just you're sold <laughs> you're gonna want to eat chinese after seriously um that one's about this boy who's who apparently uh comes from like a low-income abusive household and he becomes friends with this boy in class and starts to go to dinner every single night. And he slowly starts to become a part of uh, the boy's family. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of tension there um, as he starts to become like a family favorite over the sun. So it's ah. a bit of a thriller. It's very interesting. Um, For sure. What was that called again? A brief history of a family. They gave okay. me a pair of chopsticks after they were giving out chopsticks at the end. So it was really. It was but they really... didn't give any food to go along with it. It was just the no. chopsticks. <laughs> Pissed me out. I was like, where are my dumplings? Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, that was great. Um, that was what? Number six? That was number seven. So now you're on number six. Number six is how to have sex. Um, okay. That's also one that. Hasn't that already come out? I don't know if it came out like in the US, but I thought that already had like a, a release or maybe it was just festival premieres. Um, I think it did. Oh, hold on. No, it hasn't come out yet. Okay. Um, but I will say a friend illegally watched it. <laughs> so like on some. So wow, sailing the high seas. Yeah, there's <laughs> a way to illegally watch it out there if you're willing to risk it. Um, is it worth? I don't think it's worth incriminating. No, yeah, we do not condone no we don't any, condone. Uh, yeah any sailing the high seas here but yeah i mean yeah, i guess it is out there if someone can do it but that's why i thought too yeah like it 
it seemed like it was already out. I thought it had a UK because it's a UK film, right? It's yeah, a it British is. film. It's, okay. Yeah. Um, that one. That one's really good too. It's about um this girl who goes on a, I think it's a spring break or like a summer break trip with her friends, um, and it talks about uh like rape culture and the experience of it, but it's a lot more personal. So definitely a trigger warning before you watch it but i think it's it's a really beautiful character analysis of like what it's like to go through something like that um as a teenage girl so mm -hmm. that's really good um number five you've done a good job so far of doing like an impromptu like top yeah <laughs> it's it's but really it's getting tough are you looking at it now and you're like Okay, I have the five. It's just I don't know how to rank them. Or you're like, oh no, I uh, I have I'm like six now. awesome films and only five <laughs> spots left. Uh, it's more of like these. Are, I don't know how to rank them. Uh, gotcha. hold on, one, two, three, four. Um. Okay, here's the situation. Ready? Yes. You know what? I'm just going to roll with it. I'm just going to roll with it. What right? happened? Was it that you left one of the good ones out of the top 10? No, the the situation is that I I like the orders messed up because now there's one that's definitely not number five. It's more like number six, but I already did number six. So you can flip it around. We'll we'll say number five, but then we'll, you know, switch it. We'll have the. Oh, editing, dude. Yeah. What did I say for number six? I said how to have sex. Mm hmm. Okay. All right. Number six, a different man. <laughs> okay. And then I'll do, and then I'll do number five, how to have sex. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Now so, that <laughs> number six, a different man, um, very beautiful concept about, uh, what it's like to be out in the world as a person with a facial, um, deformity, so Sebastian Stan plays this character who was born with a, a facial deformity and then gets facial reconstruction to become a beautiful man uh, himself, Sebastian Stan. And so he goes out in the world and sees the difference of what it's like to be beautiful and what it's like to not be in the eyes of society and if that actually changes anything or not. Um, and above everything, does that change how you feel about yourself? So that was very good. I liked it. Um, gotcha. All right, we're on to number four. Now that we've had the revised list, yes, the um, revised. But number four. Okay, number four, your monster. This okay. was incredible. Number four, your monster. Your monster is a mesh of genres. It is a horror rom com musical, and it is one of the like you're gonna yeah. You're, th you're hearing this and you're thinking, no way. That's yeah, crazy. how does that work? How could they pull it off? <laughs> they pulled it off, man. When I tell you, this is like the perfect movie if you love like cheesy horror with like musical theater. This is for you. This is your style. Um, it was really great. It's about this girl who uh, has cancer and then she's like in remission and uh, she 
broke up with her boyfriend while she had cancer or like he broke up with her while she had cancer and it was just like her life is just going downhill and everything is going horribly and then one day she finds a monster in her closet and now she's learning to live with this monster in her closet Mm -hmm. um and slowly falls in love with him like the whole thing but at the same time she wants to become a successful um like musical theater actor so Um, she's fighting to get into her ex-boyfriend's um, musical that he promised her a role in, uh, but then all of a sudden was recast. So it's like just this journey of her trying to make it into this into this musical while also like learning to live with a literal monster in her house. Very good. Gotcha. Um, all right. So number four, your monster. Number three, coming in hot with... <laughs> Going in hot with Suncoast. Suncoast, all right, yeah. Suncoast, man, you you guys are lucky that it's out there because I think it's one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen and and actually loved by Barry Sandler. He loved it. Oh, nice, okay. That's how you know it's good. So that's a big seal of approval for sure, for me specifically. I mean, for listeners, that means much, but it should mean much because that is, yeah, he's a tough man to please. 100 um, i mean this is a guy seen plenty of films in his day so yeah he knows what works and what doesn't at this point yes definitely and suncoast definitely works um it is a story um that is semi-autobiographical it's about this girl who whose brother um has terminal cancer and is put into hospice um he's put into a hospice center and she her entire life while her brothers had cancer has had to be his caretaker um, along with her mother, her single mother at that. Um, it's based in Tampa, Florida, and it's a coming of age. She learns what it's like to actually be a teenager while she's getting ready to say goodbye to her brother um, and also fixing her relationship with her mom because, again, it's one of those very realistic, complex mother characters in film um mm-hmm. that uh i think her name is laura lenny yeah the laura actress, lenny. yeah she pulls off so well um and it's all in the midst of this huge protest against this hospice center um that actually did happen in real life and i will go on a side note here i was at the premiere for this and it was so beautiful because one of the nurses from this hospice center uh which by the way is actually incredible like this movie was able to shine a positive light in the hospice center because it it was able to show you what was actually going on inside while this huge protest was happening outside of it. So mm-hmm. uh, one of the nurses was in the audience and she came to the Q&A and she told Laura Chen, the director, that she was going um, in behalf that she was going in behalf of all the other nurses at the center to say thank you for um, shining such a beautiful light on the, on the center. Um, uh-huh. And it was so beautiful because she cried and it was like, it was just so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's number three. Lovely. All right. Sun Coast. That also, you've now put that on the list for me to mm-hmm. check out and it's on Hulu available yeah. right away. Was that number three or number four? Number three, I believe. Or maybe it was number four. Maybe you're on number three now. Yeah, you're on number three. Am I on number three? Are you? Hold on. Have you been writing down the list? I have not been (laughs) keeping track of it. I think, okay, okay, hold on. Six six was a a different man. 
five was how to have sex four four was, was your, your monster three was sun coast so i have two an honor i have an honorable mention okay <laughs> we'll squeeze them in what's the honorable mention okay um number two ghost light ghost light okay is there is not spooky what is this no it's oh. not there's not enough hype for this movie and i thought it was just one of the best movies of course it was number two in the whole festival um ghost light it's about this um this man he's a blue collar worker he's a, a family man but he's just lost his son and he is so horrible at grieving and of course there's no right way to grieve but he is just like especially bad at it <laughs> he, he bottles in his emotions every time his wife or his daughter brings up this uh their loss he doesn't want to talk about it he either gets angry and like screams at them or he just like runs off um it's about this man as he discovers community theater uh okay. with a group of people who are like 50 plus years old so it's a beautiful story about older people as they discover um their creative side and how to unlock your grief through um theatrical expression um and it's really funny because it's it's like you look at this character and you're like that's the last person who would play romeo in romeo and, <laughs> and and he makes it happen and it's just it's so beautiful and it's a story it's just a love story between him and his wife and his daughter and like family um and how can you function as a family after loss and it's possible and and this movie shows you how um it's just, uh, I like, it's, I never felt so much emotion watching one movie. I thought it was beautiful. Wow. So a huge uh, seal of approval there from you, but it's not your number one film. So I'm curious about what, what that'll be, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to briefly mention the crazy part that I found out after, uh, during the Q&A, which, by the way, there was a huge standing ov ovation. I There wasn't a single standing ovation in the entire festival except this one. Wow. So that's, how you know, that's how you know. Across like every single film or just the ones that you were able the to one go that to? I've seen. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this guy, like his performance was so incredible. And I think, I don't think he's, he's been an actor for very long. So I, that was a huge thing. Him, his wife, and his daughter are all related in real life. Like, that's his actual wife, and the daughter's his actual daughter. Whoa. They were a real family playing along together. It was very beautiful. Wow. Yeah. That is fascinating. Wait, so who is the, like, director for that? Like, how did they end up finding that guy and then his whole family? Well, I was going to ask that, but um, there wasn't time in the Q&A. But oh the, the directors are Kelly O'Sullivan and Alex Thompson. Um, it seemed like Kelly O'Sullivan uh i think i don't think alex was there that day but kelly kelly was there for the q a which is really okay. cool. um it's played by keith cupfarer doll um and Catherine mallon fairer and then their daughter but her name isn't there gotcha. i mean wife but her name isn't there um anyway number one number one drum roll here we go this movie changed me so much that i'm considering putting it as my top four on their boxed it whoa is that is that a huge that's crazy can i i think i actually know what it is but oh, um go ahead I this is the film that i also 
like was hoping you had seen because I wanted to get a actual perspective on it. But Yes. it was one because I was looking at the list and I was like, this is the one that I want to see Yeah. in. Um, is it Didi? No. No? <laughs> Wait, it's that's crazy. Didi is my honorable mention. Oh, wait, so like an honorable mention <laughs> as that was the one that, that left out the list. If you had that to squeeze that in, where would it be? Or would it be like number 11? If I had to squeeze in it, squeeze it in, I think I would put it as my number five. Number five. Number five, okay. So it's top five. Gotcha. I should have But written. not number one. Okay, so then now, I truly don't know. I'm out of guesses. So fill us in on this best of the fest and possibly one of the top four all time going on the Mount Rushmore. Let's Yep. hear it. It's what's inside. No, okay. This is what I wanted to, I was going to ask too. There were a few films. I was going to be like, oh, so you didn't catch this or did you get to hear about this? This is one, though, that you have to, like, keep under wraps. Like, I heard they were telling people, don't spoil the thing. Like, don't spoil the gimmick. All Yeah, right. I won't I won't spoil it. So being Um very cautious about that, describe a bit about what this is and why we should be on the lookout for it. If like you see me it's physically difficult to be sitting down as I talk about this movie because Mm-hmm. it is just so incredible. I was I was in the audience to fur to ever first see this movie. He hadn't The shown premiere. this Yeah, The very he first. hadn't Oh, wow. he hadn't shown this movie to like a group of people. besides this audience and it was before this festival even started um sundance does this thing for its volunteers where they do like volunteer screenings um but dd and um it's what's inside were both premiered at the volunteer screening before the festival started so we were the first people Wow. to ever see it um and he personally like dd i'm sure he's like screened it for like the crew or whatever he like hadn't shown his cast he had to show his crew like no one had ever seen it um so it was like and we had gone in blind i didn't even know what it was about so it was it was just incredible it's what's inside i'm gonna give you the vaguest synopsis Here's what, from what I've seen about it, here's like the combination that I've been coming up with in my head, but you can let yeah me know like how accurate, but sure the thing meets like bodies, 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 like Gen Z, the thing, basically. Oh yeah, the thing. I have. I don't know if I've seen the thing, but I. Oh I no, the old, the thing, yeah. well, I guess maybe I won't go into do that too much the. detail then in case that is like actually accurate to what it is, but, um, The John Carpenter film, like all these scientists in Antarctica stumble across like an alien ship, and then it's a shapeshifter, basically, like, it becomes the humans, and then you can't tell who's actually the thing, and then it like tries to spread around. Yeah, I would say it's pretty similar to that. I definitely think tonally it's like bodies, bodies, bodies. Yeah, Um, like the thing sort of concept of like, whatever, I whatever it is that's inside, like, I'm assuming it's that type of thing. And then it's, yeah, Gen Z, so bodies, bodies, bodies. yeah, definitely. I I'd say that's a good description for it. I the synopsis I've been giving everyone, including literally every Lyft driver I Yeah. in Utah. <laughs> um, was it's about this group of friends from high school. One of them is uh like it's been years since they graduated. One of them is about to get married. Um, he inherited this huge mansion. So he decides to invite all of his high school friends for one last get together before he gets married. But he decides to
and mm -hmm. you don't know what's inside, but it changes the trajectory of their life in one night. And it is, I will say, some of the best editing I've ever seen. One of the best written films I've ever seen. I loved wow. it so much that I wasted a vouch I wasted two vouchers on it. So I saw it two times without having to. Uh, but I needed to watch so it three again. times total. You ended up seeing it. No, I want. I watched it twice. Oh, okay. um, so, oh, I guess I used one voucher because the first was a volunteer screening. But point is, it's one of those movies you're gonna have to see more than once. Um, though you'll get it the first time, but the second time, it's just you have a different perspective, and it's like an entirely new movie the second time you watch it. It is just so incredible. And the craziest part is that the director. He he wrote it, he directed it, and he edited the entire thing. And when you watch it, you're gonna be like, "How did, how was this edited by one person and not by an entire like Marvel editing team?" Because <laughs> the editing is just absolutely insane. It is incredible, and I I think the reason why I want to put it in my Mount Rushmore of um, Letterboxd is because I think it's changed. I've always wanted to get into like thrillers and mysteries. Um, and that one just like, I think changed the way that I want to approach writing uh, genre films. So it really impacted me and I can't stop thinking about it. And Netflix bought it for, I believe, $13 million. Um, so it should be coming out on Netflix, which makes me sad because I think it deserves to be released in theaters. Like a crowd experience. It needs, yeah. it's a crowd experience. The It's hilarious. So if you are in a room full of people, like it's just... It's incredible. Um, and it, it has crazy plot twists and so much drama. And God, I just, I love it. It's so good. All right. Mm -hmm. so yeah, that definitely has to be on the top of the watch list then. Yeah. High marks from you for It's What's Inside. I've heard a lot about that film. It does seem like it's kind of polarizing, but it's definitely one of those where whether it works for you or not, it's interesting. Like it always has something compelling going on. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, I'll definitely give that one a watch whenever it hits Netflix, I guess. Yeah, that does suck that it doesn't get the, uh, big theatrical moment, really? but yeah. So there you go. That's your top 10 plus D -D. one more in there for, yeah, for the, the honorable mention that's really in like the top five. Yeah. Um, so some of the other films that were at Sundance that I was curious about whether or not you had seen, um, or if you heard any, like the conversations about it. Mm -hmm. I saw the TV Glow. It's one of the it. ones that's been getting a lot of love, a lot of praise. Uh, a real pain from Jesse Eisenberg, Kieran Culkin. I that, fought that one. I fought like five times to get into that theater. It was and you so couldn't do it, yeah, because it was. Oh. That seems to be the one that's like the past lives of this year, where what? it's <laughs> probably going to be the. Yeah, what? probably. No, <laughs> well, I just. I thought it was funny to compare it, just the concept to past lives. No, 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 yeah, not the, uh, not in story content, but in, like the way that that's probably gonna rise above the rest of the crop in from Sundance and maybe get an awards chance. Again, with past lives, it was like one of those where it's like, oh, it would be great if it did. Yeah, and then it actually did, which is amazing. So a real pain seems like the one that could replicate that thing. If it'll probably come out, be like an indie darling, and then maybe. It'll carry that momentum into the awards season. Yeah. Um, Sasquatch Sunset. 
is one that was at Sundance and I've seen the trailers come out. I haven't watched all of it, but what were your thoughts on that? Did you see it? I didn't watch that one. Okay. Uh, I did not hear great things. I think Yeah, that one's definitely very polarizing. third. Just I think everyone who I know that watched it, um, just <laughs> like I don't want to say anything bad about it, but a lot of people hated it. <laughs> like just they didn't even dislike it. They just hated it. And I think you either have to be a particular kind of person or you have to um go in knowing that it's just crazy and absurd and it's it might not make sense to you. yeah, Yeah. for sure. I heard, yeah, there was a lot of walkouts. Yeah. for that particular Yeah. Which is crazy to walk out of a Sundance screening, but it, it's true. I did hear yeah that yeah yeah too. then daughters which was a a documentary about uh like fathers in prison that are doing this uh they're putting on in the prison a daddy daughter dance and so you get to see like these glimpses of their relationships um in the summers was the film that won the top jury prize. Um, Yeah, let you can me pull it up, but I've heard, or I haven't heard much about that, actually. And yet it, it was like the one that took the top prize. see. Let me see. Oh. No, I didn't, I didn't get to watch this one either. Gotcha. And then Uh. there was, there was like a slasher film that I know also got like a lot of big reactions to it. I forget what the name is. Unfortunately, but yeah, that was another one that I definitely wouldn't be seeing because Kidnapping apparently it's Incorporated? is it which one? Kidnapping Incorporated? No. No, I don't think that one. Um, but yeah, it was apparently it's a very effective uh, slasher flick, like very scary and bloody and gory and all that. So it would have to be one that I would not. <laughs> end Mm. Was up it seeing Freaky Tales? Freaky Tales was pretty violent. <laughs> <laughs> so not that freaky one. tales Yeah, no. um a new kind no that's another yeah i'm not sure what exactly it is black box diaries is another sort of documentary i heard that uh deals with someone that was sexually assaulted and this is her entire story of trying to make um the truth come out and like get justice and so it follows because i think she was like trying to do that for years and years and then she just started making a film out of it so i heard that one was a really effective documentary so that's on the radar Nice. um but yeah Um, so I those did watch. i think are the uh the big ones to mention unless you have any others that you want to shout out I mean, I wanted to talk about I saw the TV glow. Um, that one, I the the first time watch, I will say, was a little difficult. Um, So you did I see it. I did watch it. Wow, That okay. one, that one, I appreciated more when I read an article about it afterwards. Um, Mm. about like. what the meaning of it was for the director. I appreciate it a lot more. And there was this one scene that shook me to my core. Um, and it's the most scared I have ever been watching a horror film ever. Um, Wow. I, I was so scared. I like couldn't sleep at night. And uh, it's like, it's, you feel like you are in a dark room alone and you're five years old and uh and like you're just locked in a closet or something like it's just it's so it's so scary and it's so well done um i had a few issues with it but i think overall if you know what it's about like 
if you know what the intention was while you watch it, I think you will appreciate it more than if you go in blind. Okay, fair. So on that one. Um, I saw Presence. Um, I thought the writing uh, could have been better, but it. what I really loved about it was um, the camera, which I've never seen this done before, the camera played a character. So uh, it's a ghost story, and the camera is the ghost. So Oh, you... okay. Oh, interesting. You're watching, you're watching the entire film from the perspective of a ghost. Um, I thought that was very well done. That one is um, a Steven Soderbergh movie. Gotcha. Yo, Oh, he directed it. he Like, directed wrote and it. directed and all that. Okay, interesting. It's a clever concept, for sure. I don't know how, how you carry that out to, like, a feature length, but I'm sure he found a way. Oh, yeah, I didn't know either. Um, the pacing is interesting, but it, it kind of works I the whole time I was just like watching it and being like how the heck was this filmed without you hearing like the camera operator's footsteps like I don't understand like I was just so confused and then at the very end I'll say this it's not really a spoiler but the last shot is like it's like we go to the sky or whatever like the camera goes to the sky and I was like it was a drone it was a drone the whole time <laughs> <laughs> dang and so That if you were curious watching it, that's what they use probably is a drone. gotcha insider scoop right there There you go. Um, I watched a few other ones, but <laughs> I I don't think there's there's nothing crazy about them. Um, gotcha all right so overall sounds like it was an amazing time definitely yes. a an unforgettable experience so i'm so glad you're able to have that experience get to have a sundance under your belt now the big question is next year are Mm. you gonna be trying to volunteer yet again One thousand percent. I think, I think, the value of volunteering is so beyond. You, obviously, you get to watch films for free. Depending on the amount of hours that you volunteer, is the amount of vouchers they give you. But the funny thing is, by the end of the festival, so many people have leftover vouchers that they're just giving them out. So you get, I got to watch 18 for that very reason. Um, you get free food vouchers. Um, there was a volunteer day where they brought out puppies and you could just play with puppies. Oh, that is awesome. It was so cool. Um, you get a free jacket, like a Sundance puffer jacket, which is really cool. Um, this year it was like hot pink for Barbie, but then it's like convertible. So you, it's also gray. Like if you <laughs> mm. turn it out, it's gray. Um, you get you just get so much like free merch and stuff like that but it's not just about like the material things you get but it's like the experience you meet so many people who are on the same path as you and uh and they also want to be filmmakers or they're just film lovers um and you know it's also such a beautiful thing like you are at a supermarket and then you look outside and there's a huge mountain so it's just like It's just the most wonderful thing. I think the environment is so exciting. Um, everyone loves the same thing you do, which is movies and making them. And it's so chaotic, but in the best way possible. You're constantly trying to find things to do. And there are so many things to do. And it's just like, it's just great. And it it can be scary uh, and it can be overwhelming and anxiety inducing, 
But I think if you remember that you're there for the experience and it's not always going to be perfect, I think you're going to have so much fun. Um, and again, it's it's so accessible. I think anyone can volunteer for Sundance if you just apply. Um, there's a position for everyone. My friend got into like marketing, so she just sat in an office and like checked influencers in all day, which is really mm -hmm. cool. So it's like no matter what they place you in, you're going to have a great experience. You're going to watch great movies. And um, and I think it's worth it. I'm definitely going to be doing it for as long as I could do it, you know, for the rest of my life, unless I somehow become a famous filmmaker, then I'll still <laughs> and then be you'll going. still be going to Sundance. But yeah, yes. um, <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, next year, maybe we'll have you come back and Tell us yeah. how 2025 Sundance went. Or you will know because you're going to volunteer yourself. So we might just... have the time for that. I mean, maybe one time uh, I can fit it in there. But I don't think next year, Azan will be very deep in the editing process. Oh, um, yeah, that's true. So, yeah. But either way, I'm looking forward to getting to talk about that next one. Thank you for coming on this episode and talking about your 2024 Sundance experience. It was awesome to hear your insights and the films you got to see, but then also, again, just giving a, a nice rundown for people that may be interested in volunteering for Sundance and giving the, uh, the honest look at what it's like. So thank you so much. Um, yeah, so glad to have you on. I had so much fun. Thank you for having me on. Um, yeah, it was just, it was a great experience. I think I said everything I had to say. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Well, that's all the time we have. If you'd like to give your thoughts on the show, please email us at theboxofficeshowpod at gmail.com. Our main title theme for the show is Sundown by Joseph McDade. And if you like the show, please give us five stars on whatever podcast app you're listening to. And be sure to tune in next week. Have a great rest of your day. And also, your letterbox. Do you want to give a shout out to that real quick? Yes. It's uh, Joss Films. It's J-O-S-S -S Films. Um, if you see a profile picture of a baby with really cool sunglasses, that's me. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Have a good one. <laughs>